Let us pray. It is written, the entrance of your word gives light, making wise the simple. Glorious Father in heaven, our prayer this morning is that this may be our experience. Enlighten us by your Holy Spirit so that we may have reason to praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bear with me two ticks. This morning, uh, I'll be speaking, or rather God will be speaking, from First Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 8 to 18. I'm under strict orders from my superiors to skip the first bit, the first seven verses. But indulge me just a little bit. I couldn't resist this. Because in these verses, there are two powerful ministries highlighted. For wives, you have the ministry of winning over to God husbands who are unbelieving. That's your ministry. To the husbands, the secret to effectual prayer lies in treating your wives considerately. So those are my comments from those few verses which we won't dwell much on. Peter is writing to encourage believers in circumstances of persecution, pain. And in, in this case, it's more mental, psychological pain, psychological persecution, which you will agree with me can be very damaging. And Peter does this by reminding them a few things. And in the process, he's, he's actually urging them to maintain their faith or remain faithful and behave exemplary. No pain, no gain. 
it's a maxim or motto or saying borrowed from the world of bodybuilders, sportsmen. You can see him grimacing in pain, but his goal is to achieve that marvelous body. There is another one. And another one. The rewards then they are looking for are those beautifully uh, curved bodies. Of course, they take in uh, enhancement substances. Athletes and artists are required to endure pain and pressure to achieve professional excellence. If you Google this, they, they claim the motto uh, was coined around uh, the 18th century. But I don't agree with them because Peter highlighted this principle in Scripture. When he said that trials come so that our faith which is of greater worth than gold, which is purified or refined by fire, may be proved genuine. In other words, he's saying, no pain, no gain. It's a spiritual concept as well. Why do we suffer persecution? Because we are sojourners and ambassadors. In these two terms, inherent in these two terms, is the idea of aliens, foreigners, <coughs> temporal residents. That's what we are. And ambassador has in it a sense of a representative. So not only are we sojourners, we are also representatives. Representative of God, our Father, who has called us out of darkness to declare, out of darkness into his marvelous light, to declare his praises. That's why the hatred. That's why the persecution. Because we stand out to declare God's glory. Whereas before, we were conformists to the pattern of this world. Now we are non-conformists. It should not surprise you that you should be persecuted for doing good because it doesn't or did not begin with us. The Lord was persecuted for what he preached. For the good news, he brought humanity. And he felt pain. 
so much that at one point he said, they have hated me without cause. You can find a brief account in John chapter 15, between verse 18 and 25. Although the greater part of the chapter is about persecution. And also in the beatitude. In the beatitude, the Lord reveals that because of his name, we will be persecuted. But be of good cheer. Because the Lord has overcome the world. That system, that order which is opposed to God, depicted by the world, everything and anything that is opposed to God. Many a time when you are under pressure, you, you forget uh, your advantages, your privileges. Many a time believers forget that they are a people shielded by God's power, protected, encircled, because it is written, the angel of the Lord and comes around those that fear him to deliver them or him. There's a very nice account in the second uh, uh, book of Kings, chapter 6, verse 17. Elisha, some of you might know the story, Elisha is with his servant and at some point the servant went out and discovered that they were surrounded by enemy forces. But Elisha, being a man of God, said, take heart. And he prayed that the eyes of the servant may be opened so that he may see those who were with them. And lo and behold, a host of angels. And this aspect we forget. It's not an Old Testament concept, even in the New Testament. For it is written, angels are ministering spirits. To those that are heirs according to the promise. So God was faithful to his servants then. He's faithful to his servants now. Even us. Be your father's children. The moment you mention Christ, what comes to your hearer's mind? Virtue. Even as your father is virtuous, be virtuous. Manifest this. So we have been called to bless. To invoke God's favor. Unbelievers, we are asked, or rather, commanded 
to be of one mind among the believers. In that command also is found a popular motto or maxim or principle. Any, any guesses? Be united. Any, any guesses? Love one another, yes, but be united. Have you not heard it said that a house divided against itself will not stand? That's the Lord. And the world has taken that and applied it to themselves, especially politicians. United we stand, and divided we fall. That's another spiritual principle. So believers are called to be of one mind. To be humble. To be sympathetic. To be compassionate. That's how we are to live. And, and, and when we do this, the world will see that we are peculiar and by this they will be ministered for we are the light of the world we are the light of Cambon Cambon is watching us they are watching how we conduct ourselves our attitudes towards each other Cambon is watching let's show Cambon the way Non-believers as well. Bless non-believers. Do not repay evil for evil. Insult for insult. This is a hard one, I admit. What is the natural instinct when you are insulted? When your ego, when your self-perception has been damaged? Retaliation. You'll agree with me. But we are a people that have been delivered from such a reaction. We are a people who have been called to overcome evil with good. When Christ was insulted, he did not threaten. He did not pay back insult for insult. And you know that by the Holy Spirit, we are being changed to be like Christ. And just like Christ, we should not take matters into our own hands, but leave justice to God. Because remember, we are suffering for doing good. And there is a benefit to all this. One, you please your father. You represent your father effectively. And God blesses you. 
God is pleased with you. And his eyes will be upon you. And you'll be attentive to your cries, to your prayers. Although scripture uses the expression cry, which means to me it's, it's, it's uh, depicting a situation or circumstances when you are under uh, distress. And then you cry and then God comes through. God is not far away. God is so near. Let me share a little story to prove this. It was not under distress, but it was a prayer offered to help a brother who uh, had gone out at night but in the process, he lost his key, so he couldn't get into his house. I was seeing of this young man who is now uh, uh, a general manager of a mining uh, uh, company in my country. He was a young man then. He had come to visit me, and I was seeing him off. And on the way, I met this brother who had lost his key. We, we talked. He... he a fellowship with uh, my wife at a Pentecostal uh, congregation. So, and, and coming from a small community, we knew uh, each other very well, one another very well. We knew who was who, who worshipped where, and so on and so forth. And I said to him, have you lost something? And he said, yes, I've lost my key. And I went, oh, okay. Where, where do you think you lost your key? Then he, he roughly uh, estimated this stretch of road on which he may have lost the key. And it was a dark patch. There was a street lightning on one end and another one on the other end. But in between, the, the, the street light was dead. So I said, okay, I hope you find your key. We proceeded with this young man. But in my heart, I don't know whether I prayed audibly, but in my heart I said, Lord, help my brother to find his key. So after we had parted with the young man, I was going back to my house. My house is on that same road. And lo and behold, I found the key. And the way it happened was dramatic. I don't know how you will make of this, but that's the way I'm telling it as it happened. It was as if a light shone on the spot where the key was. And I mean literally that. And there was the key. I, I mean, I could see it plainly. And I picked up the key, caught up with the brother. He was still looking for it. And I gave him a light rebuke. And I said, because you didn't pray. That's how near God is. But we forget this when... Under pressure, we forget. We think that God has abandoned us. No, he doesn't abandon us. Paul was very plain about this. Even though you are persecuted, you are not abandoned. Paul gives more detail about our persecution than Peter. Peter just says, fiery trials. But Paul describes, describes it in greater detail. He uses expressions like hard-pressed from every side. And that's not a 
Please don't think. Perplexed. Persecution can perplex us. We can be so confused. We don't know what's happening. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And goes, Paul goes on to describe why that is so. So bless, and you'll be blessed. Do good to all men, especially of the faith. But even to non-believers, don't retaliate. And what is highlighted in that passage is especially uh, the use of the tongue. Let's control our tongues. Let us bring forth speech that is seasoned, that is uplifting, that is building. Because in the power of the tongue, there is death. I'm sure you may have experienced this. Something nasty is said to you and you feel sick. You actually feel sick physically. You feel sick. You go down. You're paralyzed. And it may take a week or two or three to recover from a, a, a nasty word that was spoken to you. That's the power of the tongue. So basically, the Lord through Peter is saying, let your speech be seasoned. Have no fear of them. Because no harm shall befall you. This is God promising to deliver you out of every, each and every circumstances. It doesn't imply that no persecution will come away. Persecution will be there. But God has promised to deliver you from the effects of that persecution. God is a father indeed. Uh, I'm a father. I've got two boys. And one has uh, recently broken my heart. Because last Sunday he said, Dad, Mom. I'm moving out. And I went. Where and with whom are you going to live? And he said, that's for later. I tried to reason with him. How much do you earn? So he broke it down. Well, he told me. And I broke it down to him. And I said, how much rent are you going to be paying? Then he says 300 pounds. And if you earn uh, six, seven, eight hundred pounds, how much does that leave you with? But he said, no, I've made up my mind. I've decided I'm moving out. I've never felt pain like I did last Sunday. You see, I was being a father. I felt he was moving out of my protection, going out into the wilderness, when he's not ready. I feel he's not ready. So I have learned a great deal from observing the way I fathered 
or the way I look after my children, the way I protect them. I've, I've learned a great deal uh, about my relationship with God. If I, who uh, is sinful, can be that protective, what more God? But this is something we have to take hold by faith. We have to take hold of this by faith. God will not abandon us to the will of the enemy. Scripture says so at some point, somewhere in Scripture. Your job then is to honor Christ, to let him be Lord indeed in your heart. Do as he has instructed you under persecution. Honor Christ. That's the secret. Remind, remember that you are being persecuted because of what you believe in. And we've been urged to be prepared to make a defense of the hope, the living hope to which God has uh, birthed us. Birthed us. Born again into a living hope. That's what I'm trying to say from First Peter uh, chapter 1. Ah, familiar scene, isn't it? You can't tell who is the Christian there. I think it's the orange one or yellow. If you quarrel, remember your, your, your aim, you have a mission into the world. Your aim is to win over non-believers. And if you adopt such an attitude, are you going to win, on, win over anybody? Remember the idea is to destroy your testimony. Ah, there's a third person. Who might that person be? The third one. I'll leave you that. I'll leave you to answer that. Who is the third person? Christ's faithfulness, our example. Like I said in my opening remarks, trials are not meant to destroy you. God cannot allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. Remember that. Every trial that comes to your way, God knows that you can deal with it. He'll give you grace to handle it. No pain, no gain. Maintain good behavior so that your slanderers may be put to shame. So that their accusations may be found baseless. Remember, we have a mission to come on. And it all rests on how we respond when the situation gets out of hand.
Christ suffered to redeem us by the precious blood of the Lamb of God, we have been redeemed. And the way Christ suffered, I don't think any one of us will suffer. Paul had longed to attend to the suffering of Christ peradventure. Hollywood has tried to capture Christ's suffering, Christ's sufferings on, on, on film. And I think the best attempt is by uh, 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 who is this guy? I remember, I remember him. But if you read Isaiah uh, 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 53, you, you see that there's an, 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 an expression I love very much uh, which says that uh, I, I, I would like to read this portion of scripture. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. The expression I love very much is, the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. The will of the Lord through suffering prospered. That's my prayer. May the Lord bless his word. May grace and peace be yours in abundance or be multiplied when you suffer persecution. Amen.